We get another perspective on this year for the LA Kings with Kings reporter Carlin Baith coming up next on this edition of Locked On LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, and we are also on YouTube as well. Hope you are uh, enjoying the show in whatever way you are uh, checking it out. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years, the Fox Sports Radio Network. Also co-host of the Puck Podcast. It's a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 17 years and, of course, a passionate L.A. Kings fan for the past 30 years. This episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. We are excited to be joined for the first time by today's special guest. You know her as a reporter for the L.A. Kings for their TV broadcast on Bally Sports. And if you follow the Kings for a while, you have seen her as part of the Kings family for many years in many different roles. And we welcome in Carlin Baith. Hey, Carlin. Hi, Eddie. Oh, my gosh. This is so great to be here. (laughs) It's awesome to have you on. Thank you so much for joining us. And I have to say I'm a little embarrassed that I haven't had you on before now, but it's great to have you here now. Well, I do put out the narrative into the world that I don't do podcasts. That's the thing that I'm just like, I don't do them. I'm so scared. I get, you know, I get nervous, believe it or not, for with podcasts. And so I actually keep them at a bare minimum. So it's not you, it's me. Well, (laughs) then we are especially honored that you would uh, take time for us then. Thanks for asking me. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I love your story of how you've gotten to where you are because you've played so many different roles within the Kings, starting as a 19-year-old member of the (laughs) Kings Ice Crew. And you've just worked your way up doing a lot of different roles. People have seen you if they've gone to Kings games. But maybe you could just talk real quick about your your climb up the ladder to where you are now. Yeah, well. I moved to Los Angeles back when I was 19 and, you know, 19 turning 20 years old, saw this listing back in the day, you know, stuff was posted on LA casting on Craigslist. It wasn't an Instagram post that you would find out about something like the ice crew audition. So I happened upon it and I, I moved out to LA on a whim, kind of wasn't even thinking about sports broadcasting, saw that posting did not read the directions on the posting. You were supposed to show up in a sports bra and black leggings. And I showed up in jeans and a t-shirt and I stood out like a sore thumb. So that was my intro to the King's world (laughs) and ended up making the team was on the ice crew for five years, shoveling snow, shoveled snow through their first Stanley cup run, then transferred over into digital content, hosting King's vision, and hosting in arena with Jay Flats and did that through the 2014 Stanley Cup championship and then left after three seasons of hosting, went to work at Fox Digital, covered a little WWE, some general NHL, made my way back to the Kings uh, by way of what was Fox Sports West, now Bally Sports West, and have been doing the Kings broadcast for about six seasons now. So it's been quite the journey and, you know, when any young person asks, oh, how'd you get into this and how long did it take? It's like, well, it took about a decade, <laughs> a lot of hard work in some really random ways. But it's been it's been awesome being part of basically the same franchise this whole time. 
yeah, no doubt. It must feel uh, like a like a family for sure, a King's family. Sure. You've been a part of for a while. It, it kind of kind of along those lines. I did want to say real quick. Uh, great job filling in for Patrick O'Neill this weekend. I know some tough circumstances, and I didn't yes. mention it on Monday's show, but condolences to Patrick who lost his father, the great actor Ryan O'Neill, recently. Yeah. Patrick's uh, obviously been a great host for the Kings. I worked with him many, many years ago at Fox Sports Radio, and he's been on this show too. So I did want to mention all the best to to Patrick O'Neill and his family. Um, like I said, we were watching over the weekend, my wife and I, and she noticed the necklace that you were wearing. And oh. I think it was a number five or six. This one right here. Yeah. Yeah. And she That's asked me, five. she said, what's that about? And I, I was flattered that she would think that I would know <laughs> that the answer to that. But I, well, did have a, I did have a guess. So let me see if I'm right on this Let's or see. if I'm completely off. Your father played in the NHL for the Red mm-hmm. Wings and the Flyers. My guess was that that was his number. Am I am I on or am I off there? You are on. You are yeah. spot on, Eddie. That was his number. He wore that one with the Flyers while he was a defenseman. And so my husband bought this for me. It's a number five. And it's so funny. So many people want to know. And it's, it sparks a lot of conversation. And actually, Anna Connolly, who does the in-arena hosting alongside Kayla and Mikey over at the Kings right now, she also wears a number five, completely oh. unrelated. Same company, same necklace. So <laughs> it's, it looks like it's some sort of secret thing. But no, my dad's number. So great guess. You're spot on. Well, you're part of a great hockey family as well. I know hockey has obviously been a huge part of your life. Your husband also is involved in the violent gentleman hockey apparel. It's very popular as well. Uh, Maybe just a little bit about how hockey has played such a big role in your life. Yes. So you mentioned my dad. So he played professionally um, for the Red Wings and for the Flyers back in the 70s and 80s, back in the days where you did not wear a helmet. And he was one of the old school enforcers. So when you hear Mm -hmm. Broad Street Bullies, he came in right after those Stanley Cups. Uh, He was with the Red Wings first. We missed those Stanley Cups with that Flyers team. but came, you know, just right after and was on their 35 game unbeaten streak and um, just really made some some impact with that Flyers club. And I grew up with four brothers who Mm. all played hockey as well. So then naturally, you know, I didn't know that any other sports existed Honestly, for, for a good while in my life. I was I was all hockey all the time. I played my entire life. And then when I moved out to California, just ended up playing, you know, different men's leagues, women's leagues, and now just friends only skates because I'm a little bit older. I don't want to hurt my back or anything mm. like that. Um, but yeah, it's had such a big influence on my life. Um, my brother Landon also played pro. He made his way up all the way up to the AHL, didn't crack into the NHL, but was signed but with Nashville and with the Arizona Coyotes and um, a lot of fun watching him. He's one of my, you know, idols growing up just being able to look up to him as an older brother. But yeah, I I was so consumed by hockey and with hockey that I there there are moments in my life where I'm like, oh, I've never watched an entire NFL football game from start to finish until, you know, two Super Bowls ago. It's things like that where I know that sounds crazy to say in sports, but I've really truly just been so, so consumed with this one sport that it's really my life. So no, no <laughs> doubt. Fun. Yeah. Um, we've been lucky enough on this show to have all of your colleagues, pretty much Nick Nixon, uh, Jim Fox, Daryl Evans have all been on here and they've obviously been great, but I think you can give us a little bit of a different perspective because you're doing, you know, the interviews in between periods, you're talking to the players, you're in the locker room afterwards, talking to the coaches, players as well. And I want to get 
your thoughts on some of the players and some of your perspectives. But I do want to ask you, do you have a favorite part of your job right now? Well, I love getting to tell their stories to the fans and the audience, the people that are watching. I think I, I love that part of my job, but I know I get to interview them during the game and kind of give their perspective of, of what's happening during that 60 minutes and whatnot. But I love the fun stuff outside of the job. I love seeing these guys do, let's say, the rink tour that we had a couple weekends ago. And I was with Trevor Lewis, Drew Doughty, Andre Kopitar, and we had the entire... Um, this, there was like a, multiple tiers of girls um, out there, I think between the ages of 8 and 12. And just seeing those guys interact with young hockey players and making an impact on them and knowing that, oh my gosh, these girls are going to be so heavily influenced by these professional athletes that are taking the time out of their day to visit and skate with them. I love seeing and witnessing that side of this team that maybe not everybody gets to see. And then I love trying to bring that to the viewer as well and to let the viewer know like, gosh, these superstars, you wouldn't believe what they did outside of the game. Here's what's going on. Um, that's really rewarding for me because I've, I remember just moments where like, you know, my dad spring me to a Bruins game and there's Ray Bork or somebody that's like around or in the press box area or somebody that's just around and you get like, oh, like you just get that, that vibe of like, I'm around greatness right now. And it really impacts you as a kid. So all that work in the community that they do, I love seeing that impact um, brick by brick and knowing that they're building something outside of the championship that they're also building toward as well. Well, hopefully the Kings are building towards a championship this season as well. We'll get more into this season and the players with Kings reporter Carlin Baith from Bally Sports. She was at practice today. We've got an update on some of the health with the Kings. We'll talk about that in just a moment here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Adrian Kempe scores a hat trick and the LA Kings win the Stanley Cup. That sounds good, right? Well, you know what else sounds good? You winning 100 times your money by playing daily fantasy hockey on the Sleeper app as the official daily fantasy app of Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our top choice for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you pick more or less based on goals, assists, points, saves, and more. And Sleeper offers 100 times payouts. And although we love the NHL and hockey, you can also bet on the NFL College football bowl games are coming up. You got the NBA going on as well. Now is a great time to get in on all the amazing sports action. Make the right picks and you could win big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleepers, Teams of Use, Terms of Use for details and locational availabilities. We continue with... Carlin Baith, who is our special guest today. Uh, and I know, Carlin, you were at practice. Uh, you got to talk and hear from head coach Todd McCullen, and there are uh, some health updates on the Kings. Uh, what's the latest? I know Vladislav Gavrikov didn't finish the game against the Rangers. What's the what's the latest from practice today? Yeah, so Vladislav Gavrikov is considered day-to-day. -day. If you had to put a label on it, he will not play in the game tomorrow, uh, which as of this recording is the game against Winnipeg on Wednesday. So he, as we saw, took kind of a knee-to-knee -knee collision in the Islanders game, and Todd, without directly saying, yes, that's exactly why, it was his way of saying you would assume that that's why he will not be in tomorrow. So this morning he just kind of told us, you know, he did 
come back to try and start that game in uh, on or in the in the city in, in New York against the Rangers and did not finish that game. So that's not a good sign, but also not a bad sign to be able to get up and start and know, okay, obviously it's not the worst injury it could be, but something where we won't see him in tomorrow's game. And then we did get another uh, update on Arthur Kaliev, who was not on ice skating with anybody at, at practice today. And he let us know he's experiencing some flu-like symptoms. So I'm not sure if this is something where he would be in tomorrow, um, but just something to keep an eye on. So we did have, you know, long road trip, a lot of travel, things like that can happen, especially this time of the year. So those are the, the two updates to keep an eye on for the game against Winnipeg. Yeah, good to know that the Gabrikov injury is not too serious, but uh, not going to see him uh, against Winnipeg. I do want to ask you about Gabrikov in a minute, but the Kings obviously are having a great season. They're one of the top teams in the NHL. Uh, Jesse Cohen, who you have worked with and know well, had me on yeah. the All the Kingsmen podcast, which is out today. So go check that out. Uh, but he talked about this team maybe being a special group. And I, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the feeling in the locker room, how close knit this team is, and if that could be playing a factor in how well they've played this season. I will. And I will let my dog in right now because the other dog, the troublemaker, Wanda, she come on, get in here. Let's go. She's barking at the door for everybody who can't really hear because I've got a good microphone that condenses background sound. I could hear the woof, woof at the bottom of my door. So. Well, it's nice you can just me. reach back and let her in. Yeah. I, I can't do that. My door is on the other side of the room. So if we, my we dog scratches, a, we're, we're in trouble. You can't let her in. No. <laughs> you need like a cord you can pull to open the doorknob. Yeah. We turned a, a closet into my office here. Literally, this was a closet. So it's like four foot by six foot. So. I like it. Oh, reach back and let her in there. But yeah, so this group, definitely a special group. You you look at the groups that won those championships, right? I wasn't in the locker room in the same capacity as I'm in now. And neither was Jesse. You know, we're not going in daily or or every practice day like we, we are now. So to see the progression, I don't have much to compare it to other than just my last uh, five seasons leading into the sixth one. And I can say that you can tell the guys who are gaining confidence and that confidence is welcomed and you can see the guys who maybe are newer who have come in and been comfortable showing their personality and how big of an impact that's had on this group so i'm sure i'll give you an example everybody's seen those post-game celebration yes. dances that la king's twitter and instagram have been posting and that's that's a real look inside that room and how lively it is how you know did you ever think you'd see drew dowdy or Andre kopitar you know bobbing their head doing this sort of thing like it just is a different style of camaraderie happening in that room and to see everybody kind of click and and get together on and be on board with that and nobody's feeling disheartened or or looked at like you shouldn't be having fun not that they ever were but just to see the culture that they've kind of continued to build on together. It is a special group and it is a special room and we can feel it in the media. We see it when they come off the ice and who's talking to who in each other in next to each other's stalls and, you know, who's going out with who to dinner while we're on the road. Like we see the growth of this group in such a positive, fun way. And um, the confidence the younger guys are gaining too is having an impact on how these older players are feeling not only in game but outside of the game it's just so much fun to watch and it is more special i feel like than other seasons it's just a good collective special feeling 
I wanted to ask you about Quentin Byfield because yeah. it is so fun to see his game coming together, the exciting things he's doing, and he's just kind of scratching the surface, right, on, on his game. Just 21 years old. I wonder, if have you seen a maturity in him off the ice, in the locker room? Is he more open to kind of talking with you guys, being a little more, I don't know, transparent? And yes. maybe has that been something that is kind of translated onto on the ice? He's more comfortable in, in everything right now. Absolutely. And I've, well, if you look back to our 20s, Eddie, just think yeah, about it. <laughs> it was just yesterday, right? So, yeah. yeah, you think about the growth that you have to do as a young 20 something year old. Yeah. And you are growing until well into your 30s when it comes with the way you conduct yourself, how you talk to people, the confidence you have to look people in the eye give them answers, ask them questions, you know, for him, the difference between age 20 and age 21 is so vastly different for Quentin Byfield in all the best ways. When you're young and you're coming into this league, you're just trying to do right by your teammates. This is me speaking candidly, not something Quentin's told me. This is my observation. You want to do right by your teammates. Who wouldn't? You also don't want to stand out in the wrong ways. You don't want to be the loudest guy in the room. You don't want to come in there and disrupt anything. You don't want to come in there and disrupt anything on the ice either. That's just kind of a, okay, uh, Todd, Todd McCullen has talked about, sometimes you need to give yourself permission to be able to play the ability that you know you can play to. So that Quentin aside can kind of translate to a lot of different young rookies who come in. They need to give themselves permission to play with the talent that they have. And I think Quentin Byfield has more than given himself permission. He's built on his own confidence, his own ability, and put in a lot of work. He's gained a little bit of weight. He's put in that extra effort on some of his skills. You see him practicing all the little things after practice is even over. That guy standing in front of the net, getting receiving tips, trying to get him in the back of the net. Like, he just doesn't stop. But... The way he conducts himself in the locker room when we have media availability, I actually asked somebody if they had a media coach that maybe went around to some of the players to help them, you know, speak about the game or what they're talking about more directly. Because I've just noticed this change where, you know, guys are standing up. They've got hands on hips. They're making contact, eye contact with everybody. It's not that they didn't do that before, but it's just more natural for them now in the way that they talk to us. And the way that his teammates talk about him, too, you can tell maybe that lends itself to his confidence. When you ask Andre Kopitar about Quentin Byfield, oh, my gosh, will he light up? <laughs> He's a proud about, papa. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes. Like, he is just the most proud teammate. But that he should be because he has yeah. this direct influence on this young player. He gets to play big minutes alongside Q. Q gets to play big minutes alongside Kopi. And it's all just this cohesive progression of building his confidence. And it is so noticeable. And I think that directly translate on to, translates onto the ice. And of course, when things get rolling, Eddie, you're going to have continued confidence. And it's a snowball effect. So I just think Quentin's game has improved. His confidence off the ice has improved. And it's just all chicken or the egg. You know, which one is which? Which one is helping the other one? But I like the snowball it's creating. That's for sure. Now, some of the guys, obviously, you know pretty well at this point, but there are, are a couple of new key players this year, Pierre-Luc Dubois and goalie Cam Talbot. I know goalies are a little bit harder to get to. You're not going to talk to them in between periods, that kind of thing. Is there any insight you can give us into their personalities? Because I haven't 
been able to get i've seen a few interviews with them but i'm not sure i get have gotten to know them quite yet if you know what oh. i mean i don't know if you heard the bark but <laughs> little bark <laughs> no big deal little just bark. they're going nuts at me right yeah. now so uh, pierre luc dubois we've gotten to know we've gotten to know him a little bit and you know he's he's a i think he fit <laughs> That's a let me see if I can let them out one more time. You guys, take a hike. Go on. Go on. Get out of there. Good grief. People got to tune into the YouTube version if they if they haven't yet. They don't know what they're missing. All these yeah. doors open and closing there. So so PL, he, I think, fits in with this group. He wanted to be a king. He wanted to come to L.A. And, you know, just the little things where we just chit-chat, even not even about the game. If we have a media availability and we're going in and we're talking, how's your dogs doing? You know, mm. little things like that. Um, he just seems like he he understands this group and what they're working toward. So I feel like just mentally his his mindset and approach to this team um, a lot of people are are asking, well, what, what's when's he gonna, you know, explode or show show the offense or whatever? Look back to when when Phil Deneau came over here and Trevor Moore came over here. Trevor Moore now is leading the team in goals, but Trevor Moore wasn't always leading the team in goals. You got to give people time, and I think he has the right makeup to mm. be able to understand this team's direction. And um, boy, are we lucky to be able to have the depth that we have to have him on the third line. Um, I think he is just going to continue to open up and fit in and jump on board with the direction that this team's going. So I see that happening in the locker room. He's trading friendship bracelets with Quentin Byfield. That's a whole little storyline. I think fans followed a little bit for, for a moment and he's, he's in on it. He's in on the, on the progression of this team and he's not isolating himself as a new guy and Cam Talbot on the other hand. My goodness, I've never seen a player like him or Andreas Englund too. I don't I don't want to discount um Andreas because he's also new, but you don't even almost notice it because he fits in so well. So you you look at those two guys and Cam Talbot, goalies can be finicky. They don't want to talk on game day. I was surprised. He talks on game day sometimes. He's, right. he's not a stranger to that. He is so kind and so um he, he's not, not that there's a stereotypical goalie-ness that exists, but he just he, they're just different, different mm -hmm. types of hockey players. And he just seems to really fit in and you can talk to him about anything. And he's team first guy and really fits in. And then Anglin, on the other hand, he fits in so well that you forget that he's new, which is a compliment to him. And Todd McClellan told us that Trent Yanni says that he shepherds the group and what a compliment to Andreas Englund there to bring that type of leadership in a different way. Um, kudos to all three of those guys because it's just been a seamless fit from my perception. Who knows what happens behind closed doors? That's my perception. And gosh, it's been fun to watch them grow. All right. We've got more with Carl and Baith coming up here in a second. We're going to talk about an interesting storyline coming up with the Kings Jets game and some old friends coming to LA. We'll do that more here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, the part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors... 
you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the price you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay's guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. The LA Kings face the Winnipeg Jets 7.30 p.m. Pacific time coming up on Wednesday. Catch every moment of the hometown broadcast of your LA Kings with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search for LA Kings. And of course, Carlin Bates will be a part of the Bally Sports Group broadcasting that game as well. Uh, should be an interesting one. Alex Iafalo and Gabe Velarde returning. I'm not sure if Rasmus Kupari is still hurt or not, but uh, uh, there's uh, been some comments made from Gabe Velarde in the media in there in Winnipeg. Of course, he got hurt against the Kings earlier this year. He got tied up with Blake Lazad and he had some comments that he wasn't too happy about that incident. Uh, have Has anybody on the Kings been talking about that at all? And what do you think about this matchup coming up against Winnipeg? It's such a delicate thing because from our position with Bally, we're, we're different than a normal news media outlet who would, you know, maybe want to poke the bear. Not that anybody here does, but maybe there's different types of news that people want to extract from the players. And that's, that's never my type of news to try to get the, the, the tea as the kids would say. right? So <laughs> I'm not trying to spill the tea or get the tea, but I am curious just as a, as a person, how, how a player feels about something like that. And so we haven't gotten the chance to talk to Blake Lazard. I know I haven't personally um, to ask him how he felt or maybe what he was thinking when he heard those comments. And um, when I saw them, my initial reaction was I read them first, what Gabe had said, and I thought, well, why would he say that? That doesn't sound like him. So just knowing how Gabe was with us, he the way that the media kind of construed things, maybe took his words and really ran with the headlines of the most poignant thing that he said, because that's, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. That's what they say in journalism. But it just seemed like something that may have gotten taken completely out of context. But sure, if there was some truth to it, okay, it was said. And I would like to know how each side felt. But when I listened to Gabe, um, it didn't sound as harsh as I had read it to sound. So just for anybody curious, Google it. Gabe Velarde, words on Blake Lazat. You know, it's it's something where I think the Canadian media, it's much more, um, there's a lot bigger contingent, a media contingent when you're when you're in a uh, Canadian scrum. Tons, tons more writers, tons more people sticking microphones in their faces and a lot of... Um, a lot more coverage. It's almost like TMZ is out there on the front lines uh, in Canada, just in their own way. Like you turn on the TV and all they're talking about is hockey. Just a little bit different here in America. So those types of storylines, I feel like don't get as much of a, a attention here. But I, I'm curious personally to know how our fans will feel about Gabe coming back. My standpoint, I think he'll get cheered for. I think if they show a tribute from him up of him up on the board, I think there will be cheers. Other people I've talked to, unsure. A lot of our fans are very smart. When they read things, they get passionate. They they hold a grudge. They won't let it go. He may get booed. I don't know. But I just looked at that situation and thought, gosh, it doesn't sound like Gabe listened to it and thought, gosh, I don't think he meant it like that. And if he had the two of them in a room together, I don't know if they would have said the same thing. Um, it's just, it's something that happens in hockey 
and someone can perceive what happened to them, especially when they're the one injured, perceive that more negatively than the person who inflicted the injury, especially if that person who inflicted it did not mean it. So um, a lot of speculation. Here's that's that's my kind of globetrotters way of dancing around that, you know, but it's just something that I wish we had more clarity on that we could deliver. Hey, this is exactly what Blake thought or hey, this is what Gabe meant. But for right now, it just feels like kind of a, more of a media frenzy around it than there needed to be, in my opinion. So we have some old friends coming in on Wednesday. The Kings just saw an old friend in Jonathan Quick in New York yes. who helped beat the LA Kings. That must have been a bizarre feeling for guys like Andre Kovatar and Drew Doughty. And of course, Jonathan Quick, I know he was happy to get the win, but was that talked about? And did did, did maybe Kopi and Drew talk about what it was like to face Jonathan Quick? Yeah, so I talked to Drew before the game and just about what that was going to be like. That's a longtime teammate, a longtime friend. You win championships with that guy. Two Stanley Cups with the Kings. One Stanley Cup backstopping uh, the backstopper for the Vegas Golden Knights. You know, that guy just has done so much for this Kings organization. You, you don't, you can't discount anything he's done or anything that he meant to this, this team. And his teammates know that. So Dowdy had nothing but great things to say. But at the end of the day, it's a game. They always get back to that part, right, Eddie? They're always like, ah, two points on the line. That's that's kind of the focus. But we knew how much more that was going to be under the spotlight than a typical game. And in our pregame show, we we gave a lot of praise to Jonathan Quick, kind of putting up his resume, you know, showing showing the numbers with the Kings, showing the numbers with the Rangers. And it's just so rewarding to see him if he had to move on, to move on to not only a team that ended up winning the Stanley Cup, but then again to a team that he grew up idolizing. This guy's from Connecticut. The Rangers were his favorite team. Mike Richter was his favorite goalie. Like, he loved that team. And if he's going to become a Ranger, why not perform well as a Ranger, too? So he, Daryl Evans kind of put it a, a, a great way where I think he's more understanding of his role now, where when you're told you're the number two and you're not ready to be told that, it can have a psychological impact on you. That's just a perception that we have, right? I think now he is accepting of where he's at. He's accepting of his role. And I think it's made him a better goaltender. I think it's allowed him to steer his own focus and be the goalie that he's been for that team. It was remarkable to see him be vintage Jonathan Quick and some of those saves, some of those emphatic gloves stop, you know, like he's grabbing the puck and hugging it back down. Like I'm in internally kind of rooting for that success for him. Obviously not against us every time, but it's just, it was just really rewarding to see him perform so well. And then the guys got to see him after the game. You know, once the game is over um, in any city, you'll see former teammates go and find their former teammates and catch up, talk about uh, how's your family, how's the kids, how's the wives. It's great to see that. Daryl and I went over to see him as well. And I'm not even joking. It felt like the healthiest I've ever seen him. I felt like he's, you know, rewinding back in time. Looks like just such a, a calm cool, collected Jonathan Quick. It was just so, so nice to see. So I'm rooting for him when he's not playing us. 
and I think I think the same can be said for some Kings fans and I'm sure his teammates as well. And Eddie, to be honest, we left that game thinking like, wouldn't that be a nice Stanley Cup final again? It felt Ooh. like, hey, we could see these two teams. We could see it get whittled down to those two teams. You know, it just felt like that type of matchup where yeah. that one's going to sting for a little bit. That Islanders game is going to sting for a little bit, but those were two really good tests. We're really happy for Jonathan Quick. I bet his teammates feel the same, and it's just nice to see them be friends after the game and, and still go see their guy, you know? Well, I'm okay with that matchup as long as the result is the same as it was in 2014. So yes. if that happens, I will be all for it. Uh, that is Carlin Baith. Uh, she, you obviously can watch her on all of the Bally Sports broadcasts, doing a great work doing the interviews before the game, during the uh, intermissions and after the game. Carlin, it was great to have you on. By the way, follow her on X and Twitter and Instagram uh, at Carlin Bay. Great to have you on. Uh, we could have talked a lot longer, but uh, hopefully we'll save that for next time. So I hope we can do this again, but I really appreciate your time. I thank you so much for having me. You're a great daily listen. I'll tell you that, Eddie. For anybody, if this is your first episode, you got to hit that subscribe button because nobody works harder than Eddie on Aww. just daily content and really bringing some info to the fans. And so I appreciate you for doing what you do. I love, I love popping you on, putting my AirPods in, walking around the house, getting ready. It's just, it's good stuff. So thank you. And thank you for having me. Uh, I appreciate it so much, Carlin. Uh, and again, uh, can't wait to get you on again. Thanks for doing this. Um, best of luck the rest of the season and happy holidays as well. Thank you. All right. That was Carlin Bath. Hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. Uh, I do want to remind you, for you everydayers, those of you that listen and watch Locked on LA Kings every day, like Carlin, uh, coming up tomorrow, we're going to preview the game against the Winnipeg Jets, talk a little bit about what Gabe Velarde had to say, and maybe we'll hear from Blake Lazat by then. Not sure about that. Uh, of course, on Friday's show, we'll recap that game and then, of course, have a fan feedback show as well. You want to send an email, the email address is lockedoneddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E. And if you want to follow on social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, X, whatever it's called. Uh, it's at Locked On LA Kings. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you as always for listening and watching this episode of Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And as always, go Kings go.